Hello friends and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your supervisors and managers, please check out our latest offering, The Art of Being a Great Boss. Now in this 13-month program, I will personally be taking your managers through our driving results curriculum, and that includes topics on communication, performance management, motivation, delegation, problem solving, decision making, team development, and much, much more. Now these sessions are virtual and live, running one hour each month, and I will personally do it using our popular sketch and seminar graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoints, stale stories, or outdated tools and techniques. The sessions are engaging and provide tactical, practical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Now, back in October of 2020, my staff and I noticed that there was National Bosses Day coming up. And I think a lot of these holidays are put out there by Hallmark so they can sell cards to people. But my staff decided, hey, you know what, we ought to participate in this somehow. Why don't we ask our subscribers to nominate their boss of the year? And so we put out the call, and I frankly thought nobody would do it, and we ended up getting eight submissions. And they were really, really good, but there was one that stood out above all, and that is Tracy Avery of Campbell Clinic in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I interviewed Tracy and Angie Ramsey, who nominated her as part of Boss Builder Podcast. But I thought, you know what? Tracy is an HR director, and the person that nominated her uh, was actually mentored and kind of pulled into the HR career field. And I thought this would be an ideal interview for HR Oxygen as well. You know, at the conferences, which of course were all virtual this year, people want to know how to get a seat at the table. And I think Tracy has demonstrated that she has earned a seat at the table, but more importantly, she's bringing her team to the table with her. And so even though this was for Boss Builder Podcast, and you're going to hear references to that, I thought I need to take this interview and I need to let the other half of my subscribers listen to it. So for all of you who are HR professionals, I think you're going to gain something from what Tracy had to offer in the interview that I had with her and Angie. And so I want to proudly present to you my HR community, the 2020 Boss of the Year, Tracy Avery. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. What makes this boss better than any previous bosses you may have had? Tracy is the kind of boss you want to work for. I look forward to coming into work. I've had jobs that I had extra strategy planned because I either didn't like my boss or the work or both. I had a strong drive inside of me to find a career that gave me purpose and passion. I was tired of just punching the clock and looking forward to clocking back out to go home. I wanted to see myself finding satisfaction in my job by serving and helping others. On October 6, 2014, my life changed because Tracy loves to mentor and gave me an opportunity that I'd never had before. I found a career in HR that satisfies the passion inside of me. 
This is the first job I cannot imagine going to work for someone other than her or another company. I'm happy and I love working for her and I love my company. She told me early on that her goal was to see me learn all things in HR and move on to become an HR director someday. Although I can't picture this right now, I love that she wants to see me become stronger in my career and see me become a leader like her one day. I hope to make her proud. And that was written by Angie Ramsey as she nominated her, her boss for Boss of the Year, which is Tracy Avery. And so for episode 100 of Boss Builder Podcast, I have a special treat for you. I have Boss Builder's Boss of the Year, Tracy Avery, along with Angie Ramsey, who nominated her back a few months ago. So Tracy and Angie, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. You know, it's interesting. I had Rachel and Lisa, my team, uh, come up with the idea a few months ago for National Bosses Day, which, of course, every month seems to have these little fringe holidays. And they said, you know, why don't we put together a campaign and have people nominate their boss for Boss of the Year? I said, no problem. Let's do it. I fully expected exactly nobody to submit a boss. And shocking to me, we had eight submissions, which made the you know, process of selecting the winner really challenging. But there was one write-up that was better than all the rest. And that was the write-up that Angie did for her boss, Tracy. So I have both of them on the show this morning. And I want to talk to them about how this came about, I want to know a little bit about Angie's journey, which obviously exploded when she first worked for Tracy. And then I want to devote majority of our time together to talk to Tracy. After all, if you're the boss of the year, you probably have some really good stuff to share. So Angie, I want to start with you and I want you to take us back to the first time that you ended up working for Tracy. Um, well, I was scared to death because I didn't really know what I got myself into. <laughs> it was a complete career change from what I'd been doing. I'd been in um, a lot of sales positions, uh, international exporting, um, working with, you know, international customers. And, um, you know, I, I, I knew I had taken on a challenge, which I told her that I was ready for, but I had about um, a year that I was just very nervous because, you know, you don't want to mess up with something that you have already taken a liking to and interest. And um, I just, again, kind of had that feeling of, oh, gosh, what am I doing? But um, luckily, she, you know, was like, hey, you're new at this. We're going to grow you. We're going to teach you. You know, I'm going to mentor you. You're you're going to do great at this because you have the personality um, that is built for this. And so that gave me the confidence and the little boost that I needed to, to keep at it. And, you know, she gave me all the resources um, to start educating myself as well. And um, it just kind of went from there. And here I am still. <laughs> still. And how long have you been working there for Tracy? Um, it's going over a little six years now. Six years. So in six years, the fire mm -hmm. hasn't burned out yet, huh? No, I love it. It is something new every day. I learn something new every day. And that's what I like about HR. It's just, it's always shifting and changing and, um, you know, inside the company as well as, you know, in the world and all the, the laws that you have to learn and, you know, different things that are being passed that you have to stay on top of. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm really glad that you took the time to submit Tracy. And so Tracy, I want to talk to you before we get into some specific questions 
about your journey, because for you to have an impact on somebody like Angie, the way that you did, something special must have happened along the way. So take us back to when you got your start and, and let that go right up to where we are today. And then let's dig into some of your suggestions for being a great boss. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank Angie for nominating me and for you guys for selecting me for boss of the year. So I'm very humbled and glad to be able to um, sort of wear that badge. Um, my journey started without telling my age when I was 18. Um, I started my career in accounting and thought that I wanted to be an accountant. But one day I actually met a lady that became a tremendous mentor in my life. And she said, you know, have you ever thought about going into HR? And similar to Angie, I had no idea what I was stepping into, but I had the opportunity to not only work with one really strong boss, but two bosses. And they provided me the opportunity to learn training and development and um, compensation and benefits. And so I really got to dive into what, HR really was about early on. Back then they called it personnel. Um, and so over the years of working for those ladies, they not only really pushed me and taught me the duties and just overall what HR meant, but I think more importantly, they were very supportive and they really taught me the part of how to work with people and kind of what Angie mentioned um, when we met, that was sort of what resonated with me when I sat down and talked to Angie is she just really had a lot of drive and excitement about her and she had worked with people and different types of people. And so those are one of the things that I think my two mentors really taught me was, is people are different. How are you going to work with them? How are you going to support the mission of the organization? And it's sort of like what we talk about today. And if I could give any advice around that, it would be people really need to study emotional intelligence and really um, study the room and the different people that you're you're with because people have a lot to offer and sometimes you may miss that opportunity um, to be able to give them um, give them opportunities and really grow them. Uh, another piece of that was I had the opportunity to work in training and development, which um, we use the DIS profile. Some advice I would give new bosses with new staff is to really sit down and get to know that person and what what they're excited about and what um, areas they want to grow in. And so each time I hire a new person, I'll do some type of profile on them and I'll share with them um, the different profiles of our team and how to recognize that when you're working with managers or other people in the organization. So those were two really strong mentors for me. From there, um, those mentors did push me a little further and I um, applied for a different position in the company where I had an opportunity to be able to work with the executive leadership. I again had a strong mentor there that really allowed me to go into other departments and um, work in various departments of the organization and um, learn, learn those duties and how people work in operations and how people work in maintenance in different areas. And then also the opportunity to continue my education. That organization paid a lot of my college. And so um, again, I was able to grow there and in different organizations of HR, um, become a member of the board, which taught me a lot. And then from there, I really had a lot of strong mentors through my whole entire career, including here at Campbell Clinic. 
Well, obviously, all of that prepared you for the role that you have today. So who was it that suggested looking at the personalities using the tool, the disc? Was it one of your mentors that suggested that? Yes, um, it was actually it was actually the lady that got me into HR. Her name's Kathy Crouch, and um, she did training and development for the company. And she introduced the disc profile to me. Um, there's other different personality tests that you can use. That's just one of them that I've always used in my career. And so um, I've provided that to different managers in the company. And it's just a good way for you to kind of get to know someone and, um, you know, get to know what they're, what they're, what drives them. You know, I'll have one employee that may be focused more on um, detail. She's very detail oriented. And then I have Angie who has that spirit and drive and sort of keeps the team, um, puts the fun in work and really knows how to work with employees. So I try to place those employees in a, in an area that really lets them shine. And I think the disc really gives me an opportunity to kind of see what that, what that is. Are you able to, without administering the disc, kind of get a read on people or yeah. did you have Angie sit down and actually take it? Um, well, no, it, from the disc and I think just my career um, and just some studying of emotional intelligence over the over the years, I think that's what's really taught it to me. Just sitting down and really being able to dive into who people are, meetings that I've been in. Um, I can pretty much read the room now and I could probably figure out what type of personality you are. Um, right off the bat usually when I start working with people. So I think just not just the disc, but I think just the time in my career and being around different levels of people in an organization. Um, now I work for 40 something orthopedic surgeons. And so it's very important when I came in, my goal when I started here immediately was I need to get to know those individuals. And so I immediately booked meetings with each and every one of them to get to know them right away and what what I need to so that I can be successful in providing them what they need so that they can be successful in their job. And so I'm actually sort of mentoring a new executive now here at our organization. And that was on the list. You've got to meet the players and you've got to understand um, where they're coming from and how to help them be successful. And so I think just over time and then using the disc have been to um, ways that have made me be successful in, in that. So when you're reading a room, is your intention to figure out a way to get all those other people to see something your way or do you flex your style to communicate with them? Um, well, it's very important to understand that in the DISC profile, the first thing I tell people is this profile is not for it to be about you. It is for you to be able to read other people and meet them where they are. So no, I don't let it all be about me. I try to listen to their sides of the story. I try to listen to where they want to go. I think it's very important. Collaboration as a leader um, is really something that I push with my department. I'm the kind of leader that I don't like to make decisions in a vacuum, and I don't like to make those decisions by myself. It's not that I can't but I really think it's important to bring different people to the table because you never know what their ideas are. So for example, I have a new employee now 
And so she has a fresh set of eyes and where Angie and I and the different team members that have been here a really long time, you know, I want her at the table. And so we immediately bring in those people to say, what are your ideas? And so I think collaboration is very important and not just always making it about you or what your idea is. No, I love that. You know, it's interesting, Tracy, you've used the word mentor over and over and over. And so is it possible, because I think you've kind of mentioned this, that someone who doesn't have positional authority over someone could still be a mentor to them because you're mentoring some of the executives that I guess on paper would outrank you. Um, how do you how do you sell something like that? Um, well, I've had the opportunity to do this several times. I think just because of my position, you know, being in HR, I know how nervous you can be when you're new to an organization and when you the person before you is already gone. It's sort of what I experienced when I started here. I didn't have the person that was in this role to kind of guide me. And so um, I see that now with other people and I'm like, you know, I really don't want them to one, just be out there on their own. Um, so immediately um, I just take on, it's just natural that I take on that role and I, um, I want to see this new executive succeed. And so she's very open to that. And I kind of say, do you want me to come along with you? Um, do you want to know about my experiences here? And I've been, working side by side with her for, I would say, almost every day for several weeks. And then once she kind of gets gets it down, which she will, she's extremely intelligent um, and has worked in management for many, many years. Um, you know, she's just been very accepting of that advice and having someone, you know, it's kind of like a buddy. You know, you want to have a buddy at work and someone that can kind of show you the ropes. And so I've never really ran into any resistance to that. Um, it's just something that I always put out there. Um, for example, I mentor a lot of individuals who don't even want to go in HR. I have a young lady next week and she's reached out and she's coming out of college and she doesn't know what direction she wants to go. And she just sent a resume over. But when I saw her resume, I want, I just said, I want to meet with you. I want to sit down. I want to understand what you put on your resume and what types of things do you enjoy and try to direct her and help her um, put her resume together, sell herself in a way that's going to land her in the job that she's excited about. So I think because someone gave me the opportunity and, and put so much into me and believed in me so much, I really want to provide that to others. And so it's just, it's what excites me. So just to see other people, achieve what they may not even think they can achieve. It almost seems counterintuitive to me that you are working to develop people that in fact, you're developing them well enough that they would leave you and go somewhere else. And take All of that knowledge you shared with them. How do, you, how do you reckon with that? Well, I will say, I tell Angie, I call it one day the little bird's going to fly. And, um, I say that because, you know, you oftentimes may not have an opportunity to go into a management position at your company you're in or go into a director position because that person is still there and going to stay there. Um, it's not that I'm trying to say leave me because I would be devastated if Angie or any of my team members left me. But at some point, you know, if that's where they want to be, then I want to do everything I can to get them there. And so 
Um, for example, I had an assistant that worked for me many years ago and the HR person had left and she came to me and said, I, I want to be in HR. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know if that's really what you need to do. And then I thought about it overnight and I thought she's my first one. I really just pushed out there and I said, you know what? I'm going to give her a chance. Somebody gave me a chance and I'm going to give her a chance. And there's nothing more just more fulfilling for me is to see, to watch that. And she later went to become a director of HR in another organization. And I did say, you're ready to go. Um, not that I want them to leave me. And then interestingly enough, you know, she sort of become a mentor to me um, later, you know, in my career because they advance and they grow and they have a lot of good ideas that they've learned over their career. So I have, you know, I have two individuals that have gone on to be HR directors that I'm so proud of that I can now say they really mentored me now and we stay in touch and share ideas. Um, They're going on just in the HR and just the world in general. You know, you've, this is really interesting that, you know, the boss of the year happens to be an HR leader. And a lot of our work is in the HR community. And we've kind of seen that when you look at HR professionals, you have a small percentage, I think, that are a lot like you that look at this job as developing and growing people. And maybe we should go back to personnel as the title. And then I see a, a large chunk of them that are sort of like the disciplinarians. They're like the principal. And they hand out hall passes and all that kind of stuff. And basically, when they come, you run in the opposite direction. <laughs> I'm just wondering, how did you become this and not the other? And, and then the follow on to that is, how would somebody who is now the principal, how do they come onto the other side? Because I think that's what HR is about. It's human resources, not, I don't know, hell resources, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to admit there has been some times in my career that I have sort of been the sergeant because, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of shift and you think, OK, well, this is what HR is. And then everybody's like, oh, well, HR is firing and hiring. That's all you do. And so I've had to I've mellowed through a lot of my career, just learning from other um, individuals. So, for example, I had a um, manager or my CFO, one of the companies I worked with, that just had such a mild manner about him. And, you know, I would just fire off and be in there like, oh, we need to set this policy and we need to do these things. And he was just so mild about things um, that I think I took, a, I watched him a lot and how he presented himself and how he went about doing things. And then I also had an opportunity to work for a nonprofit that I'm so glad I had that opportunity because it, it did allow me to mellow too. There was a lot of focus on giving and people. And um, I think that really helped. And so I've tried to always in organizations immediately pay attention to what their mission is. And oftentimes, to me, if it's a good mission, it will mention people. And like you said, personnel, it will mention the people. And I think oftentimes we may shift over and think, oh, policy or it is all about profit. Um, I think it's important to go back to where things start. And I think it really does start with work with the people. And um, oftentimes, if you focus there, they will rise to the occasion. And like Angie, six years later, they'll still be excited working for your organization. And so um, if I could give any advice between being the disciplinarian and 
really focusing on people. I would say there's times when you need to do that. I've been tough on Angie. Um, I've pushed her a lot and out of her comfort zone and uh, corrected her in some ways. But if you go in it with the right heart and the um, a way that pushes them, letting them know that you know that they can do more than what they think they can do, um, I think you can really make a difference in someone. And, um, you know, you don't have to carry a stick around and not everything has to have a policy if you're objective and you put yourself in that person's shoes and guide them, give them the resources they need, share your knowledge with them. Um, it's amazing what you can see just come out of it for your organization and, and that person. Wow, that's really good. We need to probably get you and sit you in front of a bunch of executives and maybe Absolutely. they can what <laughs> HR is supposed to be. So, you know my now, <laughs> I want to ask, ask Angie a question now. So uh, part of our criteria for the boss of the year was uh, what three traits does your boss exemplify that would honor the title boss of the year? And so um, Angie said, communicator, strong and patient. Now, I want to focus on the first one, Angie, uh, because a lot of organizations say, you know, we, we have terrible communication. And, and then, of course, you know, a lot of people don't like HR and they say, well, they never communicate. They're always just out to get, in, get us in trouble and whatever. But uh, I was wondering, could you give us some examples, Angie, of what Tracy does that made you put down communicator as one of those key traits? Well, I think you have to be an excellent, strong communicator to do what she does. And, you know, she's, you know, the face of the HR department. And um, if you don't have someone that's able to communicate well, you don't know what direction to go in. And she's always clear with me. And even if I've had to come back and say, you know, I don't quite understand that. I'm not afraid because I know that she's not going to make me feel bad. Um, she's going to, you know, just be very straight and say, okay, let's talk about this again. Or she may reward it in a way that she knows that I'll understand it better. So um, I see her do that with not only her team, but, you know, the, the people that work here. I'm um, set in on employee relations where she is, you know, been an excellent communicator and, you know, also a listener. Um, to communicate well, I think you have to, to listen. And, and she um, is, is willing to do that for people and let them explain themselves. And she's not always the hammer in times where I'm thinking in my head, man, they're going to get it. You know, like <laughs> she is not that way. She surprises me so many times. And I, I think that's what I, you know, would say most that I admire about her is that she is an excellent communicator. Yeah, it's funny when I went out to see you guys, I, it was like a three hour drive from where I live. And <laughs> I walked up and the security guard took my temperature and I says, yeah, I'm here to see Tracy. And he's like, well, she's not answering her phone. I'm like, crap. So I'll just <laughs> run around and three hours back home. And then I look up and here she is jumping up and down, banging on the window, trying to tell me <laughs> she's on so, <laughs> Almost left, and uh, thank goodness <laughs> that's uh, worked out well. All right, so I'm going to put you in a scenario here. You are uh, a guest speaker at one of my training sessions, 
and I say I've got Tracy Avery. She is the Boss Builders Boss of the Year, and she is here to give you some advice about being a great leader. So what would you tell that group of people who have no clue what they're doing but want to learn from the Boss of the Year? Um, is that a question for me, Tracy? That's for Tracy, yeah. Now, um, it'll be for you, Angie, in a few years. Okay. <laughs> I'm not there it, yet. It sure will. Um, I think the first thing that I would say to people is what I kind of mentioned earlier. Get to know that individual. Um, know what they like. Know where they want to go. Um, push them. Um, take them out of that comfort zone. Um, second, uh, provide feedback. You know, provide that feedback. Set expectations for them. Um, give them some direction. Um, number three, I would probably say keep your door open. Um, allow them to work side by side with you. I bring my team in to whatever meeting they want to come in. If they want a seat at the table and I'm allowed to allow that, I bring them in. Um, and so even if it's a meeting with the CEO or our chief of staff or whatever, I want those people to see and know my team. And so I would hope they would say that my door is open and I, I'll try to work side by side uh, with them. You know, number four is be a mentor to your staff as, as well as everybody else. You know, give back what knowledge you have in your field to help other people. Um, thank them. You know, allow them to shine. Don't take all the credit. You don't, I mean, if they shine and they do well, credit will come to you. You don't have to take all the credit. Um, make your team look good. And then take time for yourself as a leader. You have to do that. I started as a leader thinking I had to do it all. And you just can't do it all. And so, again, allow your team to take things off your plate. Um, and sometimes that's scary. And they may not do it the way you do it. They may um, fail a few times in it. But that's okay. You know, um, you've got to give yourself some some type of break. And I mentioned to you earlier, I sort of go by this mantra of what leaders, the word leaders mean. And I like to use let, you know, let for the L and let people do what they need to do in their jobs to be good. Um, each for the E, let everyone on your team, including person on your team. Um, so that they all can shine. A would stand for achieve. Um, again, people can achieve so much um, if you just believe in them. And then um, do that through direction, energy, and results. Um, you know, give them the direction. Be excited. If you're excited, you, it's amazing what you can see in their energy. Well, Angie usually is, is the one exciting me. <laughs> She's usually the one jumping in the window. Um, and then, you know, focus on results. You know, you have to, you know, you have to drive results in your department. And um, then be supportive. I think that's my, the biggest one is just be supportive of them along their journey um, all the way through it. And I would say, you know, just with Angie, um, she came in really with no HR experience and she did need that direction. And so in order for me to like push results in Angie, I did a lot of um, cross training. I tried to give her any HR resource she needed. I pushed her to study, um, to read. Um, I allowed her to fail along the way. Um, 
and then gave her the feedback on it and tried to help her prioritize um, where where she could be. And then um, I think with Angie, each time um, she does something or someone comes to me and says, oh, my, my CEO will come and say, well, thank you. You did a really good job or whatever. And I'll say, I had nothing to do with that. Um, Angie did that or Hannah did that. Um, those results came from, from her. And so um, oftentimes I direct other people back to my team because they're the experts and they deserve that credit. Um, and then pick them up when they fall or, or um, be beside them when they fall. I'm definitely one of those people that when, when managers come to me and they'll say, well, so-and-so didn't do something. Um, I never go back in and say, you didn't to my team because I don't know what the story is. I give them the opportunity to to explain that to me. And then I go support them. If they're, if they're in the right, I go support my team. And then we, um, we have a lot of energy. And so we have a lot of new projects. Um, I allow them to watch different things that are different where you want to go shadow another area just to learn the organization. And then like Angie said, let her sit in on employee relations. You know, Angie's, job is really benefits but i find something each year that i can give her to grow her even further um in hr so that's my soapbox on leadership and advice as a boss wonderful yeah i, th I mean i may call on you to deliver that very i love that the leaders acronym um that's very powerful stuff thank you so I have just one last question, and I think I saved the most important one for last. So I want you to get ready because this oh. is going to take some thought. <gasps> so tell us about the tiara and the bad star. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you where that came from first is, well, first I have to say my team is very competitive. And so oftentimes in companies, they'll have hero awards and different types of things that they use to best employee of the month and things like that. Well, with my team, I wanted it to be something fun. And so actually where the tiara came was, it's, it came in the mail, from one of those little sales things that companies send you. And I, I don't remember the company, but they sent it and it was a box full of like, it had stars in it, it had a tiara in it, just fun things in the box. And so at the time we had a bad star. We didn't really have like something that was, you know, really uplifting at the time. We did have a bad star and it was a funny, it was really kind of funny in our department. And so we drew a little, little mean face on it. And so when we would do things that we didn't feel were right, or we made a mistake, you're, you could give your coworker the bad star and you put it on their desk. Or you could come get it. Or you could come get it. And it's actually a fun way to get feedback that's, you know, in a fun way. And so, um, or you could get it for yourself. I can give it to myself a lot. And so the bad star was there and I thought, well, you know what? We need to have something fun for those who rise to the occasion and go above and beyond in our department. And so that's where the tiara came from. And so now when I recognize something in my team or they've gone above and beyond, I will provide the tiara and we take a picture and Interestingly enough, they're very competitive. Angie has now taken the tiara home and she's reluctant to give it to Hannah. And so uh, she's, she has yet to crown Hannah at this point in time. And so it's just a fun way for us to um, keep the energy in our department. And interestingly enough, I have a coordinator that has taken on that same 
little thing and she now gives little stars in her department and people I noticed that people wear them on their badges I noticed that in our physical therapy department they have sort of a that they they do so I've encouraged like you know managers and departments in our company to just find a way little way to like recognize people that can be big mm -hmm. so that's our fun in our department well, you know, I have to say, and, and with this, we'll wind down, you know, there were eight other, seven other uh, runners up to boss of the year. And so we sent them, uh, they got a little gift and, you know, we sent them a special letter. And it's really interesting because five of the runners up responded with email. In fact, I got a card just a couple of weeks ago, a thank you card for one of the runners up who happens to work for the state of Tennessee, just thanking us. For the and, and thanking the person that recognized them. So if you're listening to this right now and you have a boss who has been a great boss for you, you probably need to recognize them in some way, acknowledge them, because this is a very thankless job. And when you have a boss who's also an HR director, that's two of the most thankless jobs on the planet. So thankfully, Tracy got her recognition. I would encourage you uh, if you have a great boss, recognize him. If you have a terrible boss, you can refer him to me and we'll see if we can get straight. <laughs> but uh, listen, I just want to thank both of you for taking the time to to come on the show and share your journeys and uh, share your thoughts about each other. And for those of you listening, uh, you'll be getting an email here in eight or nine months for the next boss of the year. And uh, what she doesn't know yet is that Tracy's going to be on the nominating panel and she's oh. going to be one of the voting judges because, after all, that's what you want, right? Doesn't the the last Miss America hand the little <laughs> to the new one? So uh, we'll have to do that virtually, obviously. But uh, listen, for both of you, thank you so much for taking some time out of your very busy schedule to come on the show. And uh, we look forward to staying in touch with you. Thank, thank you. you so much. We enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well. <laughs>